Hello, beautiful listeners. Welcome to my show, Canvas Me Today, on this episode of Gemini DJs, a duo group with the members Mustafa and Mustafa. Oh God, I need to stop inviting people with the same name. Um, what my listeners might not know, and uh, you guys don't know, is I recently invited a guest, a singer. Her name is Shanze. My name is Shanze. So that wasn't confusing at all for my listeners. Um, but nonetheless, very talented group, very talented. And we are going to get to all of that. How are you guys doing today, though? Uh, I'm doing good. How's the other Mustafa doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. How has life been treating you with, like, you know, being artistically passionate and feeling drained because pandemic situation and everything? How's that going for you? I personally love it. I think it's the <laughs> best thing that's ever happened. Okay, okay. Um, I, I would actually agree. I think the thing is that we actually started making music because of the pandemic before I was just a photographer and he was a DJ. I used to be basically doing photography at his gigs. And then the pandemic hit, we stopped getting gigs. And then I was just like, why don't we start making music? He's like, okay. A few days later, he came up with a few songs and that's how it started. Oh, wow. That is very casual. That was not like some let's do this and like think about. I I would love to talk a little bit more about that and kind of like establishing who you guys are, like when you sing, when you perform outside of that and just who you are as artists and how that brand of like Gemini DJs, how did that come to be? I know it's like when you find out the two names, it's, it's clear to say, but like, how did that name even come to be? When did you say that? Like, okay, let's Gemini. Yeah, that worked. Um, I think I can give the best version of that story essentially um when i first started djing i kind of had no idea what i was doing a friend of mine asked me to play at this show and there were about five six hundred people and i really had no idea what to do nor did i even know what to call myself and he gave me the worst name you could possibly give any stage performer which was hacksaw oh no i I, I didn't even choose that he just called me hacksaw and i was i just went with it because what could i do at that point and um as uh, like after that show it, it was an insane show like Pakistani shows it, like not insane as in like oh this is sick insane as oh outside they're just shooting guns oh, oh no it's like shooting there and you, you're just like what's going on and um i think after that we were a bit traumatized because of the name of Hacksaw. <laughs> so um i i think a bit later down the line we decided that we would we could be called Gemini. I kind of just took it off of my star sign. I was just like, I mean, it's the easiest thing I could probably think of. Oh, it was very okay. nonchalant. I didn't really like, put too much effort right. into it. But there was a time where we were not Gemini, but people called us Gemini because uh, the other Mustafa, he wrote, I think, G-Y-M-N-Y-M. That's like this weird, cool way of saying Gemini, but no one understood. I want to hear this. First off, I was 16 when we did that. Is that Secondly, an excuse? <laughs> trying to brand us with a very generic name was hard. So I was trying to find an alternative route, okay? To me, in my head, it made sense because it was a thing people did where they replaced certain words with either X or Y. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let me do that. And then that was the worst idea ever. And then we had to rebrand, I think, three times because of that. Yeah, pretty much. Three okay. different business cards. <laughs> I mean, that's how you, you you go about it. There is trial and error in that, but I love the name that you guys have now, and I hope you guys stick with it. That's the first. Yeah, that's actually the first. A lot of people have to change their name. Why? What's their complaint? What's their... Because they're, 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 they're like, like Gemini is associated with being like a backstabbing person or something like that. Oh I'm just like, bro, it's just People are reading way too into it, and like... Exactly. Oh, dear God. Okay. I have a lot to say on that, but I want to talk about you guys more, not these, like, people who think they can criticize on something they don't know, but that's for another episode. Um, I want to get to know a little bit more who you are as an artist. What does that even mean? What does it mean to be an artist and to create and to produce? What is that for you? I think for me personally, like, when I started with it, I genuinely had no idea what I was doing. Like, I, I don't think anyone really has an idea of what they're um, I was probably just inspired quite a bit by artists that I've seen, like, and that have performed in front of me. And I think I just kind of got that thing off them, like, huh, I want to try that out. But as I've developed as an artist, I've noticed that the reason that I really like and enjoy doing these things is because I've realized that lots of kids now, like, especially kids who are growing up, who are in their preteens, and just, you know, just like 15, 13, 14, whatever, they don't have good role models to look up to anymore. I mean, if you look at, like, I've, I've, like international artists like 
maybe six nine. He was like eighteen, a millionaire, but he's going to jail. Oh dear God! <laughs> like whatever. Like I don't even know what what to say about his music. So, I mean, people need someone who they can look up to, but especially in Pakistan, because the thing is that we're such a closed off society mm. that the thought of you know like having an artist who um, is okay with being who he is, for example, like when I portray myself, especially in my music, I have that punk rock feel to it. And I think associated with that is like maybe painting your nails or just being flamboyant in general. Mm -hmm. That doesn't necessarily put you in a certain category of sexuality, but that actually just shows that you're comfortable with it. And I think kids need to understand that they should grow up to be comfortable with it. They shouldn't be stuck to one thing just because someone says so mm -hmm. they should do what they want they should be able to like express themselves so if they have someone who can like show them that it's okay i think that's my main goal that's why i try to be like an artist that's what i want to do with it i love that you have this character and this role model kind of like idea going on instead of trying to strive to be a certain character it's more who's someone that i would want to look up to and that's like the cool yeah. thing when you can uh, be your own role model that's probably the best way to go about it yeah, because like, honestly, just kids need it because I mean, um, especially I know from when I've been growing up in like Islamabad and stuff and I mean, most of the people I know who are around my age are either not really doing much or they just got too heavy into drugs and stuff like that. And for me, music was my escape. And I want to show other people that it can be something that can be an escape and it can be something that can like help you become a better person. So that's really my main goal with it. Yeah, I like that you said that it's like an escape, an outlet, and it's not all bad. And that's kind of like what I want to get to later on in the episode, that there's kind of this just idea and feel about like the arts and everything, how it's perceived as negative and it's a waste of time. Um, but we'll get into that later yeah. on. <laughs> so you guys have the same name. You have the same passion. Yeah. But how often are you guys on the same page? And how often do you guys clash, if any? <laughs> Nothing. Oh. oh. Let's just say 95% of the time it's a clash. Okay, okay, but, okay, let me, let me elaborate on that. Um, I'm the career director, so I manage all the visuals. I do, I make sure, like, you know, his outfit fits everything. I tell him he should do this and that instead of this and that. And then he's here being, like, either, he has, like, two moods. It's, like, one is, like, okay, I don't care, that's fine. Like, just don't, just let me do this. I'm, like, yeah, do that, whatever. And then the other side is, what the hell is wrong with you? I don't want to do this at all. And then that's the clashing side. And it's always, it's never like a pattern. Like, okay, I should just avoid this because he doesn't like it. Like, one day he'll like it, another day he won't. Like, okay, I'm going to talk about a recent video, right? PRP. Yes, please do. Um, There was a shot in it where we were supposed to, he agreed to this. I don't know if you remember this, but you agreed to this. You agreed to wearing a wig in a public restaurant and um, played the part of a girl on Snapchat. And you disagree that last moment. That I admit is true. I got lazy. I genuinely just got super lazy and I was like, I want to get this video done and over with because we had been on it for like a month and I was just like, enough, we're done. Two months. <laughs> we're on two months. Two months I, I can have my diva side also. Like, I have a diva oh, side. okay. I can't do yeah. that. It's like, you know, okay, I have this whole plan done. We're almost done with filming and everything and then now I have to like compromise somehow just to fit in with him being lazy. And it works the other way around too. Sometimes I get lazy with my deadlines and uh, we have to extend our release dates. I had this amazing idea that we should get like a life-size paratha and just like put me in it. But he totally was against it. And I thought it was like the coolest idea ever because like just imagine that like a life-size paratha. Yeah, like, why not? What was the problem with that? What was the problem? what I have to deal with? I like it. I like the... Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I don't see a problem with that. Everyone wants a life-size paratha. Why not? I like a blanket like uh, that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm probably like not helping you guys some, from more disputes in the future. Um, well, you will use this against me being like, look, she agreed. How does my opinion have any value to your team? I don't want to like build more disputes with him. So you would say it's mostly laziness that like gets the best of you. Um, I would say sometimes there are creative differences, but I feel like that's the fun of it because my job is to usually like, you know, bring in my own creative image, but also like make sure like Shabir's is portraying through because it's his music, right? I'm just here to like visualize it in my own ways. And he does give me all the freedom to do that, but I also have to make sure I'm like carrying his along. And sometimes there can be clashes. Like he sent me a song. He's like, I need, I need to make a video for this. I'm like, okay, how about this? He's like, no, I hate it. I'm like, fine, give me another second. I'll find something else. And he'll be like, yes, perfect. 
like one second we're not on the same page, the other second we are. It's usually about like you're finding the same vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have to be in the same wavelength, essentially. The same wavelength, yeah. So take some trial and error, take some talking to each other, communicating about it, but then we get it. Okay, okay. So, but I think that's the fun of it because if it was all a breeze and it came with ease, then it'd be like, what? What's the challenge? What? Like speaking of challenges, I would love to know more obstacles that you guys faced. I know that. Uh, how do I address you guys, uh, Mustafa? Last names. Last names. Okay. Last name. Two people with the same name. Last names. All right. So, uh, how you mentioned that. Uh, early on when you were DJing you didn't really know what you were doing you you liked the idea of it so that yeah. that would be like one obstacle I would imagine what are some other obstacles like was there ever creative burnout was there ever like facing um, family members or uh, online hate like yeah share a little bit of your journey of that okay so um, I'll start a bit like from when I started DJing I think that is kind of where everything sort of started I noticed that Pakistan lacked proper DJs there's no like someone who knows how to mix properly yeah so i realized there was no way i was going to learn this in pakistan so i went on like a monk sort of a journey and i traveled to amsterdam which is like the last place you travel no way yeah yeah <laughs> so i went there in search of a teacher and i found a teacher and he taught me and that was like he taught me how to mix in the beginning then after that i realized i need further education so then i went to ibiza which again is like the last place for a pilgrimage but i went and um i actually spent two whole weeks a lot of people could say I was partying, but I think for me personally, I was actually researching on how DJs like play and stuff. Like, I go to all these clubs and stuff, but I never go there drunk or anything. I just went with the idea that, all right, this guy's really good. Let's see how he does what he does. So I was able to dissect all of that and like combine those skills together and sort of get them into my music. And that kind of helped me further on. Um, I would say I've never had, like, personally, I've never had an issue from the family because the family, um, I mean, maybe the extended family, sure, but uh, immediate family, my dad was a musician. He was in the vital science. No uh, way. Yeah. You just keep surprising me. Oh, my God. So sick. So sick. <laughs> and uh, he basically, um, he's always been super supportive. And um, especially for DJing when I started. But when I started to get into music production and stuff, he just kind of went all out. He was just like, all right, you know what? If this is what you want to do, let's, let's do it. So, in fact, most of the time, we're actually working together. Which is like another like thing with a lot of creative differences. That's a whole other story. But, <laughs> but uh, we actually worked together. We built a studio in my basement, which is actually where I'm sitting right now. And um, uh, from the dad side of the family, never had an issue. Maybe extended family, like, oh, what are you doing with your life? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, so I guess that side, yeah. And Rizzo, would you like to continue? I think the first time I got a reaction, I mean, my family's always, my dad and my mom was of whatever I want to do. I mean, I'm like studying digital media too, so they understand it's the. He cut out. <laughs> Lovely. You should add that in, but that's funny. Should I? We're super casual, like, um, in general, like, if I'm allowed to, like, curse and stuff, I'd go for it. You're allowed to curse. Oh, okay. That, that, that's perfect. <laughs> I have no idea where you're going, though. But, uh, um, what was the third question that you asked? The question about. Uh, like obstacles and challenges that came about your journey? Uh, uh, yeah, actually, we have received hate. That, uh, that, like, I've received a lot of personal hate because um, it's very obvious that I'm inspired by, like, Machine Gun Kelly. He's one of my favorite artists. He has been Ooh. since I was a kid, right? So, um, because of that, like, I sort of, like, I his style, like, really incorporates with mine. And, like, I'm really good with, the, like, blending that in together. So, a lot of people hate that. Because they're essentially saying that I ripped him off when, like, I've had actual hate messages coming at me that, oh, you ripped off this song and it's this and that. And I just don't reply because, like, I'm not that kind of person. Like, yeah, of I don't course. Really like fighting with people because I have my own thing. Mm-hmm. But um, in that sense, yeah, I've received a lot of hate. And I think in general, I've received hate from mu- other musicians because, um, I don't know, this is just an assumption, but I think that what happens is, is that at least in the Pakistani music industry, right, what I've noticed is, is people do not support each other. That's just a plain hard fact. Is everyone trying to one-up each other and kind of like, yeah, oh. Yeah, everyone is always trying to one-up each other, always trying to be the best, always trying to do this, always trying to find a reason to stay relevant. If that means having drama, if that means fighting with people, if that means making yourself look like a 
like like an idiot on mm-hmm. social media yeah people do that and it's just really sad because like i mean i think that is the biggest obstacle that we have in music is just that pakistani artists in general are just not like cooperating with each other like everyone does their own thing i mean you have collabs against like the big big people but and everyone like at least as far as i know every musician is always complaining that oh we want to reach atif aslam's level or we want to reach ali zafar's level <laughs> the thing is you can't do that unless you actually start acting like artists and start supporting each other and that just doesn't exist mm-hmm. and the thing is that our artistry is not just singing it's not just uh, djing it's not just mixing artistry is the way you communicate the way you support each other that in itself is art and if people don't um obtain that skill then they're nowhere and they're just looking for numbers and followers at that point like look at um places like america right um how did justin bieber start usher usher basically true justin bieber just like on the spot like on the limelight he received a lot of hate sure but as he's grown up he's literally become this international brand like you slap Justin Bieber's name on anything boom success mm-hmm. a billion views at the very least or something like that so it's like that that support system is really present like outside of and in different countries but in Pakistan i would personally say it's not that present yeah um at least uh, within the country but like i guess when you go online with a younger generation with tiktok and everything i feel like it's moving towards that direction Um before we head any further you're back. <laughs> you you just disappe- No worries, no worries. Yeah, we were just discussing um like more obstacles and online hate and then we moved on to Yeah, my short term memory loss just got uh the best of me. Uh So, all right, could you guys real quick break down how Betty and Veronica it's a track that you released back in February of this year. How did that come to be? How how did from pre-production to post? Okay, if I, if I can be like genuinely honest, um one night I was smoking a J and I thought, damn, Betty and Veronica are really hot in Riverdale. And I thought, "Ooh, what if I make a song about that?" <laughs> it kind of just happened. Oh, okay. Like that that's how all the songs kind of just happened. Like it's just going to be a random thing and they just happened. Wait, Brisa, can you take over for one second? Yeah, sure. Hi. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um another side of this was that basically what happened is that me and Shabir were me and Shabir were like trying to think of like things to write about and he was like bouncing ideas back and forth. So, he was like, "Okay, so like we're doing punk rock, right? So like what are some like interesting tropes we can like make use of and to make our music?" And then one of them was like, oh, bro, or what are like those like songs of punk rock, you know? It's literally about a girl's name. And the whole song is about that girl and literally the title of that song is the girl's name. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Okay, what kind of name are you thinking about?" And he's like, "Veronica." I'm like, "Wait, wait, wait." And then both of us at the same time had the idea, "Okay, Betty and Veronica." Seems pretty obvious. It's it's actually and funny because I- like for us it's like two completely different versions. He remembers it like this. I just remember being high. Oh. See, <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing. I clearly remember telling you, "Oh, what about we I can do one better, Betty and Veronica." And then you're like, "Huh, okay, I'll think about it." And the next thing I know, you were just writing and I'm like, "Okay, cool. Let's just go with it." Okay. So we don't know like the full truth. We don't know. Like it's different perceptions. I think I would go more with his truth than my truth, honestly. Okay. Like, I just remember it like that. <laughs> Do you guys not want us to know your creative process and how you guys make these amazing tracks? Is that what it is? You guys just don't... Oh no, I I I'm like honestly our creative process is literally the most random thing you can think of. Okay, I'll tell you for example, um Dear Josie, I remember that one. So for that song, right? <laughs> I was watching the show Snowpiercer on Netflix, right? And there's this character in it. Her name is Josie. Acha Kachari she gets completely like burnt like because from like ice or something and i was just thinking yeah shit that that's sad yeah i feel bad for her what if i name the song dear josie fir ban gaya tha and that was that was what the name of the song became wow it's very like this is step 1 let's start producing it it's not um let's sit down and then you get up and then you retouch and then it's more like yeah that's the thing with me i can't do that like i like because like my mind is going with jump all over the place so once i have an idea I'll just start working on it because I know that if I don't, I'll never get around to it. Mm, yeah. And I think that's the biggest issue with a lot of like artists. They have great ideas, fantastic ideas, but materializing it takes them too much time, or it might never even happen. So you have to be like really quick with this kind of stuff, especially in this industry. Hmm. Yeah. 
Um, so I really wanted to talk about how one can start up in like the producing and kind of like songwriting kind of industry and field because um, uh, you guys are independent you guys aren't signed to anybody so you guys have to manage everything on your own you guys have to from songwriting to marketing to promoting your music writing producing all of that how do you guys manage that how do you guys uh, look you have your personal lives as well I imagine um, and then just how do you guys do that with, and having your mental health also there if you have that's mental a, that's health a, that's a question that's actually a really good, good question, question. So, uh from my part okay so basically i knew that music would like and especially because i'm in university also i had to sacrifice at least one thing to get what i want so i decided that my social life isn't as important right now especially considering corona and also i spent most of my time working on music but um i think that um when you want to start getting into production it, it took me like it took me a while to actually like, get into it so um it's, it's basically all training like you can absorb three days worth of information in three four hours if you just sit down and actually listen to tutorials and see how people do things and you just have to practice it again and again and again like spend one day doing one thing and you become a master of it like, pretty quickly mm -hmm. so that that kind of like progressed and for songwriting uh, most of the songs that you've heard and we've written are mostly by me except the Urdu one because I'm not an Urdu writer and um, if I'm ever having like a creative block in writing and I usually ask one of my friends who are, are also musicians like hey do you want to sit down and write the song together and um, that's usually what happens but it's funny because um, I'm not natively like a singer or a songwriter it's something I just got into like I think when did Heartbreak Misery release? Um, uh, in November, was, I think around that time, yeah. Yeah, so November was the first time I wrote and sang on a song. I never had mm. the confidence to do it before because um, a lot of people would just tell me, oh, you can't sing, just stick to DJing. And it kind of got to me in the beginning, but after that, it was like, you know what, I'll do it. Like Because like, I got sick of like tell people telling me that I can't do it, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. And then um, when you said about like mental health and stuff, yeah. That, that's definitely an issue when I was writing my uh, when I was writing Betty and Veronica uh, my grandfather passed away and him and I were like super super close so that kind of like you know it really put me on hold for a bit but then I also realized that he like as a person wouldn't want me to be in that kind of position where I'm sad or where I'm like not you know like he wanted me to be happy so I realized that instead of just being sad and just putting blame on everything and you know just whatever it is you know how people are when people die it's it's complicated it's yeah, hard to explain. Uh, I, I just decided you know what I'm, I'm gonna just do my best I'm just gonna keep doing better I'm just gonna keep on going and I that's what I did so I just kept on writing and um, a lot of the songs that we have um, even I think Mirza has actually pointed this out to be better a lot of them actually have a lot of hidden emotion that I don't fully understand until I actually finish the song so when I wrote like all of us for example that song, what I've realized now is more about how people are just so like out of touch with themselves and stuff like that. And, you know, the message behind that song is like, you know, one day we're all going to go. So why can't we just get along? Why can't we just understand that we can all we all have the ability to be good people. We don't have to keep fighting and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I guess mental health with music. I think mental health actually kind of assists with music sometimes, especially if you're trying to go into a deeper and a darker place uh, but I think the key to it is being able to control it you need to know how to control yourself and you need to know how to control the things around you and your own emotions and when you need to work and when you need to take time off yourself and it's all about balance yeah essentially if you ask me. huge part of it yeah what about uh, Mustafa Mirza? How do you balance everything and that's going on with the world right now and like future and past experiences? Tell me about it. So I definitely feel that when Corona hit and we started getting to music, that really did like give me a lot of room to work with because he was just producing his music. He was like, I need your help. Can you like figure out everything else? And I'm like, okay. So independent distribution got you, managing you a bit, maybe kind of got you. Like I'm figuring things out by myself with him. And there are moments where it kind of is stressful because I'm like, okay, am I making the right decision? I have no one to ask. I have no one in this field, like as a, in, in my family or in my friend who I can actually ask and like, you know, kind of look towards for help. So yeah, there was a lot of stress and anxiety in, in that place. But you know, we figured it out. Um, 
we had it going. And yeah, I mean, there was an interesting balance for me personally, because making art is fun. Like it, it, it lets me like, you know, basically just express myself. And I think it's more of a challenge for me because like, I have to work with Shabir. So it's like his emotions and all of his art too, which like is directed into me. And then I have to express it in a different way, which is like, you know, visual. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's an interesting process, but I feel like, yeah, I've been able to manage a bit of my mental health. I mean, we mentioned before that we're not exactly signed. We are kind of signed. I know what you're talking about, yeah. So, yeah, so they manage our distribution, so that's less stress for me now, and I'm so happy, and I can concentrate on my artwork. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, for sure. It is going to be an ongoing challenge. There's always going to be things that you are learning. You're never going to have everything in your control and everything that you, you understand because technology advances. There's different subgenres that are coming to life. So there's always going to be something to learn, which is kind of annoying sometimes to like get on top of things but also really cool because it keeps you kind of engaged and going in the creative field yeah so uh when you disappeared for a short while we got to like (laughs) speaking a little bit on inspirations and who are some role models and some i don't know influencers celebrity sounds that you look up to creatively like your career wise and also sonically so for me personally um so okay a role model for me in my field i would say is like some his name's lamar i forgot his full name but lamar is the weekend's uh career director okay so he's the guy behind the weekend's looks his outfits his music videos his whole theme and aesthetic and you can really see that if you like you know check out Lamar's like Instagram and stuff you really see how much of an influence he has over this entire look that The Weeknd has and now he's like one of the most iconic um, R&B artists in the world so like I've been like following this guy for the longest time and like, seeing him roll with him has just been an experience for me um, I think most of my work right now I think if you like read in our bio which I wrote I write about like deconstructing subgenres that's something I really enjoy and I noticed that Shabir enjoys that too he's like he does it sonically, I do it visually, because there's a lot of- And he's gone. Lovely. This is gonna be the tone of the episode, isn't it? He's a rock star. <laughs> I, I'm just there. I should totally put this in as a trailer for the episode. Yeah, just talking and then boom. Yeah, gone. keep them wondering. Yeah. And any let other inspirations to, for you? Yeah, let me just try to pick up where you left off. Um, for me personally, I really like the new age of, like I've always liked punk rock because like growing up, I've just listened to like a lot of punk rock. Like my cousins were into it, like everyone was into it, right? So I <laughs> I really got I really got into it. And uh, like it basically establishes, so like let's say bands like maybe Good Charlotte or like, um, like Blink-182 is like a massive like, um, I'd say inspiration for me. In fact, I think pretty much at this point, Travis Barker is like taking over the music industry. Like every song now pretty much has a featuring Travis Barker thing. And I realized that well, when I think around the time when uh, Machine Gun Kelly put out his song Bloody Valentine and it had like Megan Fox and everything, that's kind of where Bob Blanc came back. Why? Because it, uh, because firstly, I think he had like Megan Fox in his video, which was like, I mean, Obviously, like, Obviously, if you have Megan Fox in your video, it's go- it's gonna get big. So, I think that really started like the new era of pop punk, and then just so many bands went into it, and like all of these bands, like I find new ones every single, all like such massive inspirations. Because like I love what they do. It's just pop punk is meant to be fun, and that's what music is supposed to be. Like music stopped being fun. Music just start- started being like. Oh, uh, let's take a pill and go to a rave. Oh, let's do this. Oh, let's do that. Oh, let's let's make something like I don't know, but like that's where pop punk comes back in. And then mm-hmm. someone like Travis Barker, he's like becoming the new Pharrell. He's just producing everyone's music and he's just getting that vibe back on it. I just think that's fantastic and mm-hmm. such a massive inspiration. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing that's also like really important to notice is that pop punk is now starting to get into mainstream pop culture because you have these guys like MGK dating Megan Fox or uh, Travis Barker dating a Kardashian these are big names and like all these sort of things and they're all coming together and they're kind of just becoming this hybrid like popular thing that's just I feel like I personally think that for at least a couple of years like I think rock is coming back personally if you Mm -hmm. ask me yeah like from America and it's it's just gonna spread it's just gonna spread all the way yeah. I think that's fantastic. And how you said that uh, in the recent years, music didn't feel like 
maybe like um, um, too much emotion or anything like you said like pop propel go to a rave or whatever um it yeah. felt almost formula like people are trying to like, use a certain formula in order to get uh like get a really good hit or like make it famous on tiktok or something like that and i feel like um yeah it's definitely coming back it feels like very early 2000s with avrin and everything and that sound yeah. and that's really nostalgic for me and i'm really excited for that to take off but yeah, more inspirations. Yeah. Did you want to continue, Mustafa Mirza? Uh, it, it doesn't matter. I feel like my phone's gonna die from something. <laughs> um, where was I though? I, I forgot where I was. You can pick up from anywhere. You can just pick up from anywhere, bro. Okay, um, I guess visual inspirations, yeah, like I said, Lamar. Um, if you look through my album covers, they're all inspirations from something. For example, Heartbreak Misery's album cover was taken off of... Uh, uh, what was that band? Green Day? No, 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 no. The other band with the leather jackets. We watched the movie about them. I can't believe I forgot their name. Wow. The third? Uh, oh, Motley Crue. Motley, Crue. Motley Crue. Yeah, Motley Crue. Motley Crue. Yeah, that was a Motley Crue based one because like Motley Crue had that whole like leather pants, leather jacket kind of like picture, and then would have like the um, just the name Motley Crue on it. So I was like, okay, should we take a picture in a leather jacket? He did that. I made the rest, kind of in the same aesthetic. Um, one of our early songs, I think, what was it called? Gile, uh, the cyberpunkish one. Like, the cover for it is not exactly a rip-off, but, like, take a lot of inspiration from, like, the first Blade Runner movie. Like, if you look at one of the early posters, I took a lot of inspiration from that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I take a lot of inspiration and Easter eggs for all of my album art, because I'm like, that's what makes it fun for me. Because I can look back at it and be like, oh, yeah, I, like, these are things I love. Yeah. That I put into my own art form. So, my inspirations are varied. I don't usually, like, stick to one visual style either. Like with pop punk, I do the whole grunge aesthetic, but I try to like do it my own way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's pretty much it. So you are the artist behind the album covers as well. And the music videos and the album covers. So yeah, all cool. That's cool. So exciting. Oh, would you have like a favorite, like from like albums, like, creating album covers or music videos and directing them and all, or, or do you just love them equally? I think the most fun I had with an album cover would be I think the most painful would be Betty and Veronica because that was just really <laughs> troublesome to make um, but I think my favorite one has to be one of our early songs just the Urdu songs it's called Teri Chahat mm -hmm. and it's just a simple cover with like Urdu text at the bottom and just like two heart two eyes on it and like that's it it's just really basic really simple it's elegant like it's super like Pakistani 80s, I love yeah, that. Yeah. That's like my favorite album art. That's so cool, cause like, um, it, I, I I think um album art covers need to be like appreciated more. I always love the little details that artists um put in. It, it's not always in their entire control if they're signed to a record label or something. But when they're independent, like you guys are, fans and listeners appreciate it so much more, cause the detail and everything you put into it is there for a reason and it's thought out. So I and I definitely see that. Um, I want to talk about a little bit of trends in music and how they're like ever changing and there's so many subgenres. Um, we uh, noticed uh, in the past two years how we kind of went back to 80s and 90s and put a modern twist onto a modern sound. Uh, and now, like you mentioned, we're going to now this pop punk era uh, back again and soon in the coming years. Rock, yes, own it. <laughs> but I want to talk about, do you ever feel pressured to kind of pursue a different genre depending on like your listeners oh they didn't receive this track so well or other uh, criticism do you ever feel pushed or forced to but personally um i've never felt that only because of the fact that i just kind of make music because for me it's just it's more fun than anything else you know like i have a lot of fun making music and i actually want to explore different genres like we don't plan to stick to pop punk forever and even if we do we'll be playing pop punk but we'll also We'll throw it. We'll throw in some like hip hop. We'll go R and B. I'll go Spanish. Like I I'll do that. I have fun with that. I'm waiting um, for that. You know, like yeah, th that's actually a, a, an idea I've been working on. That's gonna and um, like I've even thought about just doing like operatic stuff. Like I I, I have so many ideas that I just want to do all the time. So like for me personally, it's like either way, someone is going to like something. Like Teri Chahat is like this poppy Urdu thing, and Chile is like this sci-fi going back like to the, like i don't know like back to the future sort of a thing and um i think uh mille na mille was like a cover we did of uh david Bala, yeah, Bala. also pretty good yeah, yes, so i yes. even went to the like psychedelic rock sort of a route so all the music is really very 
it's just at this very moment, I think that pop punk needs its own like limelight in this country. Mm-hmm, for because, sure. Because over here, I think classic rock, you know, like Urdu classic rock and pop. I mean, the sounds the same, and it's it's pretty generic. You know, it's just that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just that again and again. Yeah. We need more flavor. Like exactly. That, that's what's missing. Like uh, again with like dear Josie. I went from Bob Bunk and in the middle of the fir- the second verse it goes into like this weird like oh we're back in the 80s doing a disco like sort of a sound with like a falsetto and stuff and it's just like it's weird. It's out of place but it works. That's the fun of it. Just keep combining genres, throw different things out there, just have fun with it. Mhm. For lack of a better word, when I listened to your stuff, it was overwhelming because with what you say that you guys don't want to stick to one genre, you guys just execute it so well where it's like and I can't really fit it into one genre, one style and that's what I love about it when I feel so many things about it and just analyzing that's one of my favorite things, discussing and analyzing and taking apart tracks and songs and you guys just keep me kind of like in the loop like I'm just like Okay, I notice and it's it's cool cuz it's not you don't enjoy it once or twice or get sick of the song. Like you can listen back to it and like your ear will catch something else and then yeah. you'll like stop listening to it and then you'll hear something. And I just really love that and appreciate what you guys are doing because not a lot of mainstream or well-known artists do that. And I think that's what's missing. It, it irritates me because there are people who are famous and they don't do this and it's like I need you guys to have more fame. But anyway, <laughs> Like it's an actual irritation. I think what it is is um I've actually been thinking a lot about this in general. Like I realized that popular music that gets popular gets there because um I think it's a it's something to do with human evolution. We've evolved as a species to like enjoy a certain sort of a thing and that's usually the same thing. So um like you said um like hip like the 80s and stuff is coming back right so a great example of that is Duvalipa she's doing fantastic in that right but our parents were people who would listen to like maybe abba abba were like the kings and queens of disco at a certain point it's a trend that keeps coming back and it's just evolution as you grow older you start appreciating more music and it sort of falls into like a popular genre of it Um and then there's artists who experiment and stuff like one of the best artists I can give you an example of who experimented and made it big is like Queen. Mm-hmm. Queen like literally went out there and made like operatic rock. Who would have thought that would have ever worked? That would never have worked. Like no one thought about it, but they made it work. So it's just evolution like um right now maybe right now for example like the kids that I was talking about um there was a kid actually in fact he's uh, Mirza's brother's friend or something. He went on Spotify's Spotify Pakistan's page <laughs> and when like if you guys don't think like if you guys don't take these punk rockers on are you guys actually like can you guys actually be called Spotify A 14 year old kid said this See now that's what I love because that shows right that even though right now it it's like the music is not going to get as big it will eventually become a trend because these kids are going to grow up listening to this These kids are going to enjoy that So it's like what for me personally I don't want to hit it big if I wanted to like hit it big I just make like a very generic Urdu song with lots of galia and maybe throw some sharab in it a couple of <laughs> girls and plus we have a hit for like 5 10 million views or something mm-hmm. so like I would never want to do that I think that artistry like really requires you to do what you love and I I think that's just the best part you know just having fun with it and I think that at some point like I don't know about Pakistan but like um it, it like music is just going to keep evolving but it's always going to sort of stay the same. It's yeah. never going to like drastically change because we as humans can't handle drastic change. We're not used to it. It's very difficult to change something like you move into another country it's difficult like all of a sudden. Yeah. So it takes time. So you have to prepare people in a way. Like as an artist I think that the beginning couple of years you kind of have to prepare people for what you plan to do. So you do plan it out. But you shouldn't plan it out just for your stress. You should plan it out that oh, you're gonna have fun with this and stuff. Yeah, I like that. All right, so w- enough with all the light conversation. Here comes everybody's favorite question, and that is, 
arts viewed in the Asian community and how kind of like, is it ever exhausting presenting yourself as an artist? Do you ever take that identity and put it in the corner for a second? Cause like, you just don't want to like face this onto your uncle's comment and like, you're wasting your time, my child, or like, and like so on. And <laughs> tell me about that. I'll keep mine really short. I love pissing aunties and uncles off. Okay. Like, I really enjoy it. So if I'm pissing people off, I am definitely doing something right. Like, I think the whole thing of like, oh, you know, like, oh, we have to do this for our elders or we need to always do this for our elders. Yeah, that, that doesn't work anymore. I mean, you have to, like, to get respect, you have to give respect, right? So if someone can't respect you for being an artist, then why should you respect their opinions of what you should be? Right, yeah. Well said. Oh, I agree with you on that one. Anything from your side? What's interesting is that I always try to hide it from my extended family. Because I don't like talking about it too much. Because like, it's always going to be like something that someone or some auntie's going to say something that I'm going to have to like deal with it and try to stay quiet when I don't really want to. I just want to say something, but it cannot ruin a relationship in our family. So I stay quiet about it. My parents know everything and they're really supportive, right? Uh, this was, I think, a week ago. What happened was we were hit up by a record label being like, hey, like, you know, we got an opportunity for you. You want to go on, like, F91? I'm like, yes, let's do that. And then we did, right? So they played our music and stuff, and there's a whole promotion thing we did. Um, we made a video. It went on their Instagram. Super hype and everything. I sent that in the group chat with my parents. That's it. And I was like, hey, like, this is a cool thing that happened. They're like, you know, mashallah, congratulations. That's great. <laughs> Two minutes later, I see my mom forwarded it into the family group, the extended family group chat, and I'm like, I'm gonna log off this And yeah, my expectations were found well because um, when I went in, um, I only had like some of my cousins being like, oh my god, this is great, like, congratulations. And this side, like, a few of the aunties being like, what is this? Why are they so loud? Um, this doesn't make any sense. What is he doing? And then I'm just like, they don't even get it. They don't even know what I'm doing. I'm like, just like I will never talk about this again. And there's like other moments too where I'm never gonna show them therapy or anything. I'm like, <laughs> if they find it, that's fine. But I am never gonna present it because that will lead to certain conversations I never want to have with people. Yeah. Um, they don't even understand it enough to the point where they can be critical of it. They just like if they're not in that same world of. of artistry and music and production uh, like the appreciation of it all so you guys are like polar opposites love to see that um uh, emotion rage from the other person um and that's kind of like what you thrive on i guess and then you're kind of like oh, i'm gonna like exit earth right now all right so um i want to talk to you about collabs and like kind of how do you feel about them? Is that something you guys enjoy? Do you guys like staying in your own lane? Is it like frustrating to try to collab? Tell me about that. So it truly depends on who the other artist is. I'm very open to collabs. I, I like uh, I haven't collabed a lot, but whoever I have collabed with and I've chosen to collab with, I've had a lot of fun with them. But um, I don't know because like I haven't really collabed with a lot of people. And uh, if that happens, that'd be great. But I can imagine that there's obviously going to be complications because, um, like, there's always, um, what's it called? Like, there's they'll, they'll always want something different from what you want. So I'm open to it, definitely. And uh, I think, uh, yeah, I'm pretty much just open to it if it happens, you know? Like, I don't have anything against it. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. Okay, so question for you, Mirza, the mastermind behind it all. Okay, so your most recent release, titled TRP, is no doubt a very catchy track. Uh, the lyrics are easy to remember. It's one that you can blast in your car on the highway uh, and just... And head bob too. And uh, the, though the music of it is really uh, groovy and I love to listen to it, the music video that accompanies it or complements it can really make or break some of the songs that you, you may put out there or any artist can put out there and how it can be received from your fans or critics. So what I want to know is how did you approach and decide from pre-production to post-production? How are you going to execute this music video? Because you watch it once and whenever you listen to the song now, that's what's playing in your head visually that there's that storytelling visual aspect as well as a little, this one's not too focused on TRP's music video, but generally, 
how often are you scrapping an idea? And on average, how long does it take for you to sit down and decide what is going to go about in a music video or what isn't going to make the cut? Because a lot of music that's being released these days heavily rely on the visual aspects. They rely on music videos. Um, it's not like we can just put out a track and expect people to, with their very short attention span, to be satisfied with just the music alone. And, and more importantly, how you guys stick with an idea and does that ever feel like a risk or is it more what feels right feels right? I want to know, does it ever feel like you're overanalyzing something and the art of it is kind of being sucked out or how do you approach that? So TRB was an interesting project. The song's concept is pretty out there too. Yeah, uh, me and Shabir would actually just like have phone calls once in a while. We would like throw ideas and concepts for songs. These calls would usually just end up him giving me like ridiculous ideas. Sometimes they would be terrible. Other times they would be just completely genius. And during one of these calls, he's just like, Hey, what if we make a song about TRP? And I'm just like, you mean the role Parata place in F10? F10's a place in Islamabad. But I'm like, I'm, at this point, I'm just like, I right, man, just do what you want. Come up with a song for TRP. And I just think nothing of it, right? Um, two days later, he comes back with the vocals done for the song, the lyrics done for the song, and it's just like the structure done for the song. And I'm just like, okay, so we're actually doing this now. Uh, when I heard it for the first time, my first reaction was, we need a kick-ass video for this. We knew that this song needed a music video. There was so much just humor packed into it. And it really just showed off, you know, like Mustafa Shabir's comedial side. And I really felt, you know, like the video can be a good opportunity for me to show my comedial side. So I think when the song was about like 70 to 80% done, we kind of just like sat down to plan it out. And I think initially the intro for the song was actually kind of interesting. That was a, That's actually what started off the whole process for the video. Because he was just like, let's just make an intro for it first. I'm like, okay, cool. What do you want the intro to be? Because the intro is just like, if you hear the song, right? The intro is just Mustafa Shabir in a fake interview where a caller pops in and is like, hey, you're a sellout and stuff. And Shabir tries to reconcile with him saying that, hey, I'll write a song for you. You know, don't be like that. And, and, and it just ends up with the caller being like, I bet you can even write a song about Roll Prada and the song starts. Like, where do you even begin with that? I was just, I was confused at first. I was like, okay, this is a challenge, but you know, who doesn't like a good challenge? And Shabir just straight up was like, hey, why don't you just animate the beginning? And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. And he's like, why? And I'm like, I don't have the time or the abilities. He's just like, do whatever you can and just, just make it weird. So I'm like, okay, cool. If you see the intro, it is animated. It's about 30 seconds long, I believe, and it consists of only four poorly drawn frames of animation because that's all I could push out. But I think it kind of just worked out. But I, like during that sitting, I, I, finished up in, I finished that up in like just one sitting with him. After that, I kind of just it hit me. And I was like, we really need to plan this out. Usually for us, it's like, you know, I'll pick up my DSLR. We'll head to a location and we'll just film there and just get it over with. I'll edit it. We'll make it kind of just like, you know, in the style that is like all grunge. It's rough. It's not professional because like that's kind of like our music's aesthetic too. Like I would say it's kind of... I wouldn't say immature, but it has a teen angst to it. And I feel like, you know, professional videos won't have that effect. It can, but I feel like, you know, like to like kind of just go all out would be just, you know, make it rough, just make it look fun. But this time I was like, you know what? This is a good song. Let's make a proper music video for it. So we sat down and just like, you know, thought about our base requirements for the video. And it was number one, it shouldn't cost any money. And number two, get it down before the next lockdown kicks in. I said, get it down. Oh God. Get it done before the next lockdown kicks in. So yeah, um, basically our process kind of just like worked after that. It's kind of just like, you know, Shabir throws ideas at me. I see, I, I look at the ideas and then I'm like, okay, number one, is it possible? Number two, does it cost any money to do it? And number three, is it actually funny? You know, once he gives me all of his ideas, I filter through them looking at, you know, what's possible, what could cost us money, et cetera, et cetera. And after that, when I have a list of his good ideas, I start jotting down my good ideas. And I kind of just like, combine both of them into something a bit more cohesive and after that we just give it to shabir to like review right 
And you would think, you know, like this kind of work process should be foolproof. You should be done with the script after that. You should be done. We had the shot list done. We had the script ready. We were ready to go out and film. But that's not really, I guess, how we work. We, I think like the part where you said, like, you know, like, does it like, you know, what feels right, feels right. right? That really like plays a huge role in the way we work. Me and Shabir, I always try to tell Shabir, hey, like, do you have a plan for your music? Do you have a plan for, like, the album? He's like, no, I'm just going with the flow. And I'm just like, we need a plan. He's like, no, we don't. We're going to go with the flow. And I'm like, all right. And I'll be honest, like, it's been working well so far. And I hope it continues to work well. So, yeah, the video kind of had that same effect. Like, for example, I think one of the shots is Mustafa Shabir on a, on a pink toilet in the middle of nowhere with like a white sheet behind him with two of our friends holding it up. Like that shot just came out of nowhere. It was literally just me and Shabir. Like we were driving to our shoot location, which was the restaurant TRP. And on the way we saw a toilet in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, they usually do that. And it's not like a public toilet. It's just like a clean toilet. I wouldn't say clean, but it's just a toilet in the middle of the road. And I was like, you know what? Like, won't it be funny if you're just sitting on that toilet in the middle of nowhere with like a, with like a, curtain behind you like a bathroom curtain behind you and the shots just like it's zoomed in looking at you and looks like you're in the bathroom but as we zoom out you're like in the middle of nowhere and we're just like we have to do that we have to do that and somehow i ended up getting a free toilet from somebody i could like borrow and we actually brought out in the middle of nowhere carried it the whole way there and set up that shot but yeah and i i personally that's like my favorite shot and it truly is because it was just like in the moment. It just happened all in the moment. It was really cool. Um, I would say like about scrapping ideas though, we don't scrap ideas, but also we do scrap ideas, I guess. I mean, scrapping ideas is, it's never like, you know, we have a finalized idea that we have to scrap. I mean, it, it did happen once because one of the people who was supposed to show up to do like a guitar solo didn't show up. So I had to like fill that in. Like that was another moment, you know, you see Shabir like wearing a wig, doing a guitar solo. That was also like, you know, in the moment. So, you know, a shoot will never go as perfectly as you want it to. And you just have to work around that. So, yes, you and you need to sometimes end up scrapping ideas or kind of just adapting the idea into something else. So that's usually our you know philosophy for doing that. Um, I also believe that, you know, TRP as a song by itself is great, but it it needed that context, that visual context. And I really do feel like we brought that out with the video really well and yeah, like I would say like a lot of this kind of music, you know, like humor music or kind of parodies, you know, the song by itself, it's cool and all, but like when you have that extra layer of the video, it just works. Visuals are just such an important thing for music now. I mean, look at Spotify. They introduced a new feature a while back called canvases, right? So while you're listening to a song and if you have that feature on, it will play like a mini music video or the album art, but animate it right and it'll just like play on top of the song you're listening to and that's just such a great idea because it gives this extra layer of immersion for people to get into when they listen to your music so they can like you know kind of like get into your headspace into your just kind of like the way you envision the entire song the entire experience from the visual side to the to the audio side you know both of those are really important when they come together especially now in like you know the day and age of like streaming like, what's, like, one of the first things you'll see? You'll see album covers. That's usually what you look at at first. Yeah, the song can be great, even if it's, like, a bad album cover and it's a great song. You'll still listen to the song. But when it's a great album cover and it's a great song, or if it's, like, a great music video and it's a great song, that just amplifies the experience. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, no, absolutely, I agree with that. It is really adding on to this world that you put out, that you're creating for your listeners. They're getting to understand a little bit about you, a little bit about this story that you're putting out, this world that you created. And um, yeah, definitely with the Spotify canvases that they canvas that they have going on, it's it's really cool to see with the technological advances how we can add on to this storytelling that we thought that was just going to be music. So a lot about being an artist, especially like these days, especially if you're independent, having a social media presence is vital. So how do you guys like put yourself out there, be engaging with your fans, engaging with your listeners, but also unsure of how frank to be with and, and how to keep a respectable distance with them? I think um, 
like at least for me social media is just like it's just quality I, I hate doing it um, I'm the kind of guy that if I could I would very easily deactivate like all my Instagram accounts just work on music because I, I don't like social media Agreed. it's so negative it's just like alright okay so this person's cancelled that person's cancelled this that this it's just like it's it's a mess it's mm-hmm. like this it's like it's the whole thing is just like a messed up circle of like terrible man it's it's pathetic it's it's fucked up honestly but um i uh like as like as i was saying i think that um what i do like personally is is that i think shock value actually helps a lot because we have shock value that like i can easily say because we do stuff that's like we're like trp is literally a song about a role project man like I, nobody would have like thought of taking that seriously but we did and we actually when you we, that was the most serious we've been on a song for the least serious like content of the song so I think the best way for me personally like for my account at least to engage with people is to just keep surprising them which is also difficult you have to keep thinking of things like yeah yeah but um, otherwise I try to keep my life and my uh everything really private i don't really comment on social issues and stuff like that because um i feel like uh, it's just like if i don't know enough about it i'm not really going to comment on it and i just feel like it's better if i just stick to what i know which is music because people tend to have too many arguments online and stuff like that like he knows better about that kind of stuff than i do mm, okay but uh like personally i would deactivate my instagram but i can't so yeah So then, Mirza, would you um, say that, like, you enjoy that p- process as well? Or do you feel like that's kind of, like, part of the promotion side and, like, it's not much of a choice? Um, I deal with it more casually. I don't treat it, like, super professionally. I mean, we aren't even, like, at a level that we have, like, a fan base. Someone's making, like, a fan account about us or, like, a stan account. But, um, I would say... Is like, this you asking the listeners to make something for you? I can yes, get that done. I can... <laughs> I've always you wanted to call me out like that, okay? Could have kept it subtle, but since you put it out there, yes, if someone's listening, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying, if we had like a fake account, like if someone made like maybe a fake account of uh, like me or something, I'd be so happy. Like I know people are like, can you go block that account? I would be like, bro, God, 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 I need fake accounts, that would be fun. That's like, like a milestone in like being an artist to have like fake accounts and like fan pages again. That right. is a milestone in itself, yes. And like everyone always complains like, oh, don't follow this account, it's fake, blah, blah, blah. I can understand it for people who are not like into the entertainment industry. Obviously, that's an invasion of privacy. But personally, like, I would like fake accounts too. <laughs> like, <laughs> the official Gemini, blah, blah, blah. Hey, like, nice. imagine just like a stand account for me and him just called Mustafa Squared or something like that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like, that would be just like, you know, me hitting like a, like a milestone. I'd be like, okay, cool, we made it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, to continue, um, yeah, I keep it casual. Um, I, cause I used to do a lot of like other art. Um, and like working with like other people too on like different kinds of like artworks and projects and stuff So I would post about like a little bit of everything It kind of is also where like I can like find a few more clients because people share my work by word of mouth So yeah, I keep it casual not too much in like the fan base thing yet uh, That's pretty much it Got you. All right. So here's the most crucial question of them all. Are we ready? <laughs> Wait, do we need a drum roll? Do, uh, yeah, can we have a drum roll? Thank you. <laughs> Where can my listeners find your stuff and become your fans? That's the question. Oh, oh, that, that. Mirza, please, you are the best one at that. <clears throat> um, Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer. I, I could go on and on, but those are our main platforms. Um, you can find us on all streaming platforms, including Amazon Music, Apple Music, and Spotify. Um... We have some like mixes and stuff on SoundCloud too, and of course all our music videos and audio and our audio visuals are on YouTube. Um, look us up as Gemini DJs. You won't find us otherwise, trust me. Yeah, you won't find us otherwise. <laughs> you won't find us we tried Gemini, that did not work out for us. But yes, Gemini DJs, find us everywhere. Um, stream our new song, TRP. And you know, if you check like my Instagram and stuff, I have a really bad habit of leaking my songs because I just enjoy I it. Not- <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just like, I'm just like, oh my god. You know what, Mirza? Like I'm on your side now. I can understand the frustration. <laughs> you have to understand, okay, this guy, um, 
I went over to his place, we took some photos, he has to like post them, he posted them, right? And I'm like, oh, he posted and tagged me, that's cool. I look on it and at the bottom it says, swipe to see a leak. I'm like, <laughs> he did not swipe. Oh God, it's not even like the beginning, it's the chorus. Oh no. Yeah, it's just, it's just the chorus, I just threw the chorus in. <laughs> you didn't even ask. I'm... I'm excited to see where you guys are gonna go, and I'm gonna—I'm really excited to hear more of the interesting stories of how <laughs> um, the disputes and all—they're really funny. I think they bring you guys closer together, though. Like, it, it's cool to see like different um, perspectives and different like artistic um, suggestions. So that's also really cool. Yeah, definitely. I, I would say he's the little brother of the group, though. Oh, do you like that? Do you like being the little brother of the group? You're asking like brother. I have a choice. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm on your side now, so like, I'm trying. I'm trying to do something here. Nah, I have, I have like, like, I just want to end this by saying, like, you know, I have like a lot of respect for Shabir. Like, genuinely, like, he's given me like a lot of opportunities, and like, I wouldn't be where I am, and I wouldn't have like, you, there, you, I, I'm being honest here. I would not have gone for the career now I've chosen if it wasn't for Shabir giving me opportunities, even as like kids to like, you know, start using his music for like art I wanted to make because I've always wanted to like work in the music industry as an artist like not not his type of artist my type of artist the visual artist so I'm finally getting to do that now and I have him to thank so thanks Shabir I'm so glad you recorded this because I'm gonna throw this on his face every <laughs> that's what I was gonna say like after the roasting <laughs> session just like giving him all the compliments in the world <laughs> I regret this <laughs> Alright, cool, cool. I guess this brings us to the end of the episode with the Gemini DJs. Once again, thank you for coming on to my show and kind of sharing the really cool stuff that you guys are doing and what's to come our way and letting us in into your little world. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. Pleasure is all ours. Alright, and yeah, follow up on their Instagram, stream their music, and till next time.